The conclusions that the thinking machines made were that intergalactic invasions were inevitable. But when the real-time situational data was entered back into them, errors and computational fallacies causing recursive loops kept occurring. The thinking machines passed the challenge along to the Imperial Galactic Cluster, but the results were sequestered before the public was able to review them. Rumor has it that the cylinder was originally from the Milky Way, which is why the machines have been unable to process the reasoning behind the attack. Welcome back, fellow traveler, to Good Better Quest. Join us as we go on a long errand. side quest called A Long Errand. I, as always, am your fungin monger, Nolan Lacey, here with my friends who play a game for your entertainment. You're just stepping all over my fucking brand, dude. I'm like a grape smasher, David. I'm, I'm just, it's in my barrel, and I'm stepping on it, and I'm making just a distilled fine wine. As always, we have our wonderful guest with us, Please introduce yourself, as I cannot do it justice. Speaking of fine wine, uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Nicola, and I'm playing Raquel, the adorable psychic, who's confused Where as hell. Where can people find you, Nicola? Oh, you know, we're like four episodes in and haven't done this yet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nicola the Druid, N-E-K-O-L-A, the Druid. Uh, you can also find me... Uh, as the support druid for the Backwater Bastards, and soon to be playing Alexander on Chronicles of the Ill-Fated Die. Alexander. Alexander, I am an adorable pygmy owlbear. Of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. I love that so much. That's that's my favorite pet name now. <laughs> yeah. So that's me. What about these two schmucks? Doug. I'm David. No, fuck you. <laughs> oh, I I I'm, did that joke already. I know you did, and I know you did, and I panicked because mm. I thought I should do a joke here because Nicola did that joke last time, and I panicked because I couldn't think of anything, so I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck it." <sighs> Everyone's on this, David's brand. Everybody, everybody. That's my bread right. and butter. You're fucking with. Uh, my name is Doug, and I play Jake Lucas, and Jake Lucas knows how to do cultural handshakes. <laughs> That's one way to put it. I am David Hallman. Robot boy says, what the fuck? David rolls with intense luck. Hagen Young. Wow. Better, better. I will say they are it, getting it, better. It's better. It's, I'm, see, you guys are stepping on my brand. I'm trying to step on Caldwell Tanner's brand. 
<laughs> oh, oh, how do we, we find all you? step on Caldwell's. How do we find you, David, on the Twitters? Because I forgot to tell him how to find me. You can't find me. You'll never find me, but I've given you all the clues. <laughs> oh, sorry, Nicole. At the end of last episode, Jake had walked into town, met one of the locals, who introduced themselves as Parcel. Parcel informed Jake that they knew of his coming and that he is one of the ones they have to protect. Jake returned Parcel's handshake and is standing in the middle of the village with a crowd gathering around them. What does Jake want to do? Uh, Jake says, um, have you prepared a place? Parcel turns around and addresses the crowd and says, Who here would protect our caller's honor? And many hands go up. People are ecstatic that you're in town. So Jake looks back at his team, and he looks at uh, Raquel, and he makes his little eyebrows at her so that she knows what he's doing. And in his head, and in his head, he gives her an image of, like, a robot and a question mark. Like, should we go get Hagen? So I can see this is going well. Yes. Yeah, you are close enough to pick up on maybe not the exact words, but you can tell through body language and and Jake having just sent you that message that everything's good. So I kind of like shrug my shoulders and then I turn around to go back to Hagen. And Jake turns back to Parcel and he goes and he says, "Um, we thank you for your hospitality. My friend is going to gather the rest of our party and bring them here to join us now." I must warn you, the last member of our party may seem strange to you. The last member of our party may seem frightening. But I assure you that we are here under your protection and would never do anything to endanger your hospitality or the lives of the folks around you. Parcel puts his, his hands on his hips, kind of arm, arms akimbo, and gives a hearty laugh and looks at you and says, Of course, of course. It's not as if any of you would do us any harm to begin with, but it is good to know that you are worried about your treatment around us. Please bring everyone you have to be with us. It is an honor to host you. They turn around, they get back up on, onto their platform and turn around. Jake, while you're you're talking to them and, and having touched his hand, t- touched uh, Parcel's hand, they're they don't have skin; they have chitin. They're like crab-like almost. So when you touched his hand, you you got a good sense of of these people are not easily harmed. You probably you I I meant to say this the word you were looking for, and you can cut this out. The word you were looking for for his hand is chitinous pseudopod. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, that's... No, you're, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will I will use that in future. Yeah. Chitinous pseudopod. Raquel, you got this image from Jake. You also got the impression from hearing these conversations. Do you want to go back and, and fetch Hagen and Crumb? Yes. Yes, I do. So you, you walk back, it's it's a couple of hundred feet, but it, it's a straight line from where you left. Crum is standing with standing. Crum is levitating with Hagen, and 
is still very quiet. It hasn't said anything. Is very concerned. Oh, Hagen's Hagen's talking to him. He's talking his ear off, and he's like, and yeah, he um, he turned his, himself into a pickle, and it was just, it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. I swear to God, I I. Have you seen Big Chungus, by the way? That's also a really good meme. Um, for, well, I mean, it might just be a Hogan meme. Um, oh, hey, it's Raquel. Crumb. Cr- what does Crumb do, Nolan? I was just going to say, you can see Crumb has just shut off his ears. He's just, <laughs> he's just sitting. Uh, uh, hey, guys. Uh, it appears to be going well. Um, so I think you guys should come with us and, uh, we can, we can see what's going on because they, they seem to want to be around us and talk to us. Okay. Let's go. Jacker, come along. Jacker, Jacker actually climbs up your legs and sits on your shoulder and is just sitting there looking, looking over at Raquel and looking at the trees and looking at the, the village coming up. Crumb comes along behind. He's he's the last in line to come into the village. And he he waits further back until all introductions have been made. As you come in, the, the crowd is continuing to grow, and you guys come to the, the center of this village where Jake is standing, and Parcel is just walking from person to person, and he's speaking common, and every once in a while, he throws in some other languages that you don't understand, but people nod their heads, and there's cheers going on, and, and people seem to be... Ecstatic doesn't put it in a good enough term. These these people are euphoric. They seem like a crowd from a religious ceremony having found what they believe is coming true. Parcel finishes his speech and walks back down the steps and kneels in front of the four of you, and their attention comes to Hagen. Ah, we haven't seen anything like the armor you're wearing for many generations, but we have heard of it. Our elders had access to technology similar to that, but we no longer decide to use it. But that's no worry. Soon you will have no need of any of this technology as our protection surrounds you and those like you. Yes. Armor. You may call me Full Metal. (laughs) It's a pleasure to meet you, Full Metal. I don't... I don't actually say that fuck. I don't... I don't... (laughs) that's Nicole's thing I'm not gonna fucking give different names to everybody (laughs) (laughs) as Crumb walks into the village a lot of these creatures stop and throw themselves on the ground and as Crumb comes around the, the back of the three of you and Parcel sees him Parcel does exactly the same just supplicates himself on the ground chitinous pseudopods with palms facing up and begins speaking in this language that the three of you don't understand. And Crumb looks at Raquel and he's he's trying to 
give you information psychically. Yeah, except. I need you to open up to everyone, not just me. Relax your mind and listen to the ship. I, I can't truly explain it because it sounds different to me, but I, I think it's important that you try. Okay, Raquel takes a deep breath and tries to do that. It's going to be a roll, isn't it? It is. Give me a willpower roll. R.I.P. this plan. Is there any chance survival would, would help me? Or manipulation? I think... I think survival might. Okay. Then I'm going to re-roll this one and see what happens. Okay, now we're at a 10. Okay. Before we were at a 6. Oh, wow. That's a great re-roll. You have this short conversation with Crumb, and he gives you this information, and you're a talented psychic, but Crumb has centuries on you. And... In this ship, you you take a, a second and you you take a step back. What happens when Raquel is looking for psychic messages? Not not just I'm gonna tap into your brain, not I'm gonna listen to this conversation, but she's in an area where she's not getting anything, but she's searching for it. What does she do? How does she find signals? So, uh, Raquel kind of looks at it like white noise, where she's trying to just adjust the dials. I realize they don't have old-fashioned TVs, but it's kind of just like a, a tuning-in kind of thing, trying to weed through the white noise to, to, to break that apart and see what's behind it. Coming from everywhere around you, there's initially this crush of psychic information. It's not an attack and it's not a, 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 a simple message. It's this constant pressure against your mind. And you open up to it. And as you focus, like you said, you're, you're turning those dials in your mind to try and narrow down what this information coming into your brain is and you hear something that seems to be coming from the ground the trees the people the air around you and it says our purpose is promise protection shall soon be lost but hope is still within us though darkness may have fallen work or fight and struggle not in vain for we are hopes to new beginnings after you hear this, it repeats, and it seems to go through different languages, and it happens over and over and over and over again. And Crumb, again, reaches out with his Tesla coil, and he just he bumps your hip to get your attention again. Crumb doesn't say anything, but he, he looks at you with concern and turns back to Parcel. Please, stand up. I'm I'm not an oracle. I'm not... I, 
I'm just another creature. I'm just here to learn. Please, please don't do this right now. Um, and Jake, Jake looks at, um, at Crum and he says, you are too humble, Oracle. And he turns back to, um, to Parcel and says, Parcel, rise. And he, and he, and he holds two hands out like, like the same, like, handshake gesture that Parcel, Parcel gave him. And he waits for Parcel to stand. And, like, takes his hands and pulls him up. Parcel does stand and he looks at crumb and doesn't he doesn't he can't speak to him he, his mouth opens and closes and he turns back to jake to address you and says please we have much to discuss please follow us and we will provide for you just come to our town hall and let us celebrate this joyous occasion before they go jake holding parcel's hands um looks around to the crowd he says, everyone bear witness. I am renamed Parcel, Parcel the Speaker. And he turns to Parcel, he looks him in the eye, um, and he says, just as I am the priest of the Oracle, you will be the emissary of your people. And we, we will, and we will come to terms of peace and protection for everyone. Yes, we will follow you to the town hall. Do I need to roll manipulation? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, right on. So, um, so I rolled a um, seven, eight, nine. I'm gonna re-roll one dice, and that makes it a ten, which makes it a success. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, that's my ten. So you say this to Parcel and. The crowd around him starts chanting, Parcel the Speaker! Parcel the Speaker! The priest of the Oracle has renamed him! And there's a crush of this crowd as, as they surround you and push everybody towards the town hall, except Crumb. Nobody touches him. They, they give him a deferential circle around him. But he comes along and you guys make it to the town hall. As you're walking, the enormous obsidian pillars all around the ship that you can see, there's this crackling energy that begins to snap between them. So the, the ones that are right above each other, it's just this straight line. The ones that are in a triangle make this, what you assume is like a digital projection in the middle of these three pillars. And this projection goes through a rainbow of colors, and it it is only there for a couple of seconds. And as you're walking, Parcel turns around and goes, A seer is coming to our village. I know they are. This is too important an occasion for them not to be gracing us with their presence as well. This is truly a day of celebration. The town hall is this big wooden hall, and there are tables set up that run the length of it, with chairs on both sides, and clearly there's enough for everybody. There's cloth hanging from the walls that seem fairly ceremonial, but also very homey. The floor is flat rock. It's been worn with time and care. It's this polished stone that 
you can tell people have trod on for thousands of years. Behind all of these wooden tables, there are also these relic objects that are kind of scattered around the room, and there's six of them. But towards the back of the room, there are also larger chairs that seem like a place of importance. Parcel scurries over to the, the chairs again in the back where he can sit down, and he invites Jake and everybody to come sit at the chairs closest to him. Okay, so they Jake, Jake goes and sits... Is there a way to talk to Parcel and the group without, like, everybody hearing? Can I, like, talk to them, like, kind of softly? and or, or are we too much, like, crowded in? No, as you, as you guys are walking into the end of this room, there's so much commotion going on, and people are, are whispering to each other. They're not really paying attention to the exact words coming out of your mouth. So you can get close to Parcel and, and whisper to them. Okay, okay. So um, I pull Parcel um, and, and the rest of the team together. Um, and um, I bring everyone bring everyone close. Um, and I say, um, I say, Parcel, we must bring you into our full confidence now. As you know, I am the priest of the Oracle. And he points to Raquel and um, he says, she's the keeper. The keeper of secrets, and he looks at the oracle. And he looks at um. He looks at the oracle, and he looks back at um, at Parcel, and he goes um. The oracle speaks in mysteries. The oracle may not always say what you think the oracle will say. If you are confused by the oracle, ask the keeper. And then um, turns to um, turns to Hagen, um, and uh, and he says, and he, he's the eye. And um, and then he tells and then he tells Parcel um, uh, anything that uh, anything that you know anything about your prophecies that you could share with us we would like to know how accurate your prophets have been for if these seers are coming and your prophets have been inaccurate, then these seers may also be inaccurate. We do not want to be confused, for we are the oracle. Parcel hears what you say and nods his head. And he again, he, he's inviting you to sit, and he turns around to the crowd. People of the bedrock, the Oracle has given us a request. They have requested that we give them our story so that they may better understand us and so that he may better believe we are here to perform our duties as it has been given to us for generations. And the, the crowd, again, like coming to a religious service, they all sit down. They let out this hum and you hear this choral effect going through the entire room. Raquel, you, again, this white noise is not overwhelming, but it's, it's omnipresent. You feel this hum not only come to you physically through the air, through them humming, you feel your brain get embraced by this pressure. And it's inviting, and it's warm, but it is alien. As they fill this room with this psychic warmth, Parcel sits down and motions to Crumb to stand in front of him. 
above him. And he says, We have known for thousands of years since the beginning of time that there would be people seeking our protection and they would come to our home. We have been told that we will find those in need of our help and it has been told that oracles would come to us and that they would predict our future and help us to fight the darkness. Though we do not know what the darkness is made of, we do know that if we do not press against it, all life will be extinguished. We have worked and toiled to make sure we are prepared. In time, our universe will expand and we will find others that also need our protection. You have come, but you are the first. The Oracle has come with their messengers to show us how best to protect those around us. And this can only show us that our manifest efforts have not been in vain. Soon the time of calamity will happen and we will have to take the measures that we have been preparing. We will hibernate. But before that time comes, we will study the lessons that have been laid out before us for thousands of years and we will take them into the battle against the darkness. Now I can see it on your face, and you may be asking how I am able to communicate with you with this language. Well, those who came before me and those before them knew of great technologies that predicted the future and caught information of what was yet to come. We have heard of legends and we have incorporated them in our folklore. The legends of King Arthur, the high poems of R. K. Pranu, the digipictures of the salts, the duel of the mega beasts of Kra. <laughs> Did you make that one up or is that Dune? No, I, I made all of those. Though. Thank goodness. Except for King Arthur. Yeah. No, you t you did that one too. Yeah, I, yeah. No one's ever heard of King Arthur. Who the fuck is that? Why would you name him Arthur? We have included these stories in our folk tales to better identify with those less better equipped to fight the darkness than us. But as we expand, when we find them. When we take them under our rule, everything will be better. They'll see that, and they will find peace and security, and they will live to fight another day. Jake says, um, Speaker, you are true to your calling. You have spoken true, and we are honored by your words. Let us celebrate and find our quarters for the night. We will eat well and drink deep. And later, we will discuss things secret. Things that only the speaker should know. Parcel looks at all of you and he, he claps his hands and everybody gets up and they immediately start working. They pull the curtains back. They, they build fires. They're, they're pulling out food that you can't really describe because you've never seen the things the food is made from, so it looks a little off-putting, off, off -putting, 
but you can see that people are beginning to work to create this feast for you. What flavor of pudding is off-putting? Olive. Olive? <laughs> yeah, olive pudding. Oh. It's off-putting. Oh, God, that was so clever. So you guys are part of the celebration, and it, it takes a couple of hours for this to happen. Is, is there anything that you want to do while this is going on? Are there people you want to talk to? Are you... Are you keeping your own counsel? Do you want to get with each other? Or are you just enjoying the, the company that you have? Jake is like eating a little bit, nursing a drink, and just really paying attention to everything that's going on with his knowledge of culture and, and such. He's trying to pick up on what sort of things are important to, this, to these people, um, what elements of their social order are important. He tries to see if there's like a hierarchy of anything like, you know, so just let me know if the, what I what I know about their culture, and I'll roll. You're rolling for culture. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to be intelligence or willpower? I think intelligence, because this is this is more of a perception type. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, let me see here. I'm gonna. I got a seven, and uh, I'm gonna re-roll this three. I'm gonna regret it, but I'm gonna do it. Except I'm gonna get a six, so now I've got a ten. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you got a six overall. No. We've established that Jake travels a lot, which is how he's got his reputation. I was about to say, is that what we established? I thought we just established that he (laughs) I know. That popped into my head, too. I was like, wait. He fucks. (laughs) Jake is not a um, particular in his tastes and has, has made his way through many cultures. This doesn't particularly resemble one type of culture that you've seen there's there's a lot of elements that they seem to be pulling from but also things that you you've never even seen before they seem to have pulled some human hierarchy into it but they're not really abiding by it in ways that you've seen parcel is definitely not in charge people defer to parcel But you can see as he goes through, he helps with the cooking. He cleans up some stuff. You know, people treat him like anything else. And every once in a while, someone will start talking. And as they talk, people begin to treat them like that as well. It's it's a very communal society. The food is central. And, And that's with lots of cultures. I mean, as the food is being made, everybody comes together. Everybody is taken care of. Everybody has a plate of food. There doesn't seem to be anybody in the shadows lurking by themselves. But you also notice that there's incredibly small differences between people. It's not like humans where some have brown hair and some have blonde hair, blue eyes, green eyes. There's maybe a spot or two difference on each of these people. They're they're very, very, very similar. Not to the extent of clones... But to the point where it seems like without detailed observation of each of them, it would be very difficult for you to tell them apart. Okay. They're very open. Every question you've asked has been answered. You're offered food. The drink is good. And you seem to be able to fit in with them easily. Raquel is going to do something. But first, did you tell us what... what color these crab people are wow 
I know. It felt like a weird question to ask. That's why I was like, I don't know how to ask this, but no, like, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to. Their chitin is, it, it's not one solid color. It's not like, uh, you know, Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Well, why not? It's more like a real, <laughs> it's more like a crab you find in nature where it, it's this light bluish purple that like fades to more of a bone white as it gets to the the edges of their their chitin so anywhere there's a joint or a change in direction it seems to to fade into this white and then go into these these lighter baby blues bright purples lilacs and it's the same on each of them sounds beautiful I'm into it. They're like crabs. Crabs have, have really interesting chitin on them. That's kind of what it looks like. And uh, I have never once actually given that a thought. So now I'll have to go look at that because you keep saying the word chitin and I don't understand it. Anyways, <laughs> so you said that when we walked in, we saw like artifacts that they had like on display. Did I hear that? You did. Okay, so once, once things start to like get a little bit more as as people are are intermingling and and basically she feels like she can relax a little bit just a little bit she's still on high alert uh she wants to go look at these artifacts and like examine read the little name plates things like that raquel walks around the room and there's six pedestals and i'm using the word correct this time because i didn't last time there's six pedestals with items on them and they don't resemble the level of technology of the village. The village seems like axes, horse-drawn buggies if you saw a horse, simple simple machines, but these look much more sophisticated. One of them looks almost like a, a gas-powered chainsaw. One of them looks like a tablet that you'd have to charge. They're varying, and, and it looks like the older the get, the more advanced the technology is. The older who oh. gets? The older the uh, objects on the pedestals get. So it's like reverse of what we would know as like development. They de-developed. Correct. They developed. Unveloped. Unveloped. Mm-hmm. Unveloped. Conveloped. Now we're just being weird. Uh, What? It's only weird. I realize it's. I realize it's the point of this, and I love it, Um, and I'm here for it. Um, So their oldest piece of technology on the pedestal is it equivalent to what we would know back on our place? No. Or is it more advanced? It. It's. It is more advanced. Okay. How how far back do we do we recognize these things as? Yeah, that's that was. There's six pedestals. You recognize four of them, and two of them. One, kind of looks like the terminal. How how you saw it? It's just a, a sphere, and one of them just looks like a metal sheet of paper. Hmm. It's just a cookie pan. It's just a cookie it's, pan. It's Nobody's a, ever baked before. It's a baking sheet. So Jake asks um, Parcel, um, Speaker, would you please tell us about these artifacts? He looks around and says, 
What? These? These are worthless items that we use to remind ourselves of what we're escaping. Well, I guess you are new to our culture, and you will have to get used to things as we show you our path. But we use these to remind ourselves of what the darkness is looking for. We've discovered that the more technology you use, the easier it is for them to find us. We have elevated to this higher state of being where technology is just unnecessary. Is anyone else... This is out of character. But is anyone else getting the sense that the darkness is not a, a thing and that these guys are... This is essentially the crusade. Um... No, it's not the Crusade, because the Crusade was about taking land back that they thought belonged to Jesus. Um, I Does anyone else get the sense that these people are like, oh, okay, cool. We know the one true, you know, the one true way, and, and uh, everyone's got to do it. Is anyone else getting that sense from these guys? Yeah. Uh, no. No? Um, not, not yet. Like, I, I still, and my character still feels like the darkness is an actual thing. Like, I don't, not made the connection that maybe the darkness is just a way of thinking. Well. I, I don't have anything that would tell me that it's, that it's not an actual thing. Especially because I had the mind thing that I wrote notes on. And Jake, Jake wouldn't be surprised or wouldn't wouldn't have a problem imagining the darkness as a concept versus a person because of his knowledge of culture and religions. Upon hearing about like the technology business, Hagen looks at Parcel uh, and says, So when the darkness comes, you will what is to happen to me? Since the darkness is coming. I am made of technology. Parcel looks at you and he, he puts his hand on your shoulder in a sad gesture. And he says, Ah yes, unfortunately you and those like you will have to go extinct. I've experienced an extinction. And in that experience it is entirely avoidable. Parcel shakes his head, and he he turns around, and he, he crosses his arms behind him, and he says, This is unlike any other extinction you have ever experienced. Either we purge the outside universe of technology, or the crushing darkness will kill everyone. There is no other option. As you're talking, the doors to the long hall open up. And a another creature walks in, and he is different from all of those around you. He resembles them in that he's got some spines, and he's got frills along his chin. And they're wearing clothes, which these other guys are not. They are all just in chitin. These... These clothes are robes that hang to the ground, and you don't see any feet touching. It looks like this thing is levitating. And it's 
translucent in a way that you can see through its skin, but you can't see through its organs. It's fairly off-putting. And all of the creatures in this room, they don't fall to their knees and supplicate like they did when they see Crumb, but they do they do bow their heads and they they show that this creature has some authority over them. And Parcel looks at this creature and says, Dear, we expected your coming and have been preparing the celebration. And this creature comes up to everybody and says, Parcel, I'm glad you're observing the celebration rites. However, I need to escort our elevated guests elsewhere. I need to give them a broader picture of our history. Would you allow me to excuse them from the celebration for the time being? Um, Jake says to the um, to the seer, it is our wish that Parcel, the speaker, come with us. Okay, is he trying to take all of us? Because that just sounds like he's trying to take some of us. Yeah. He wants he wants to take all three of you and Crumb. He wants to take okay. all four of you that are here. And Jacker, all five of us. <laughs> and Jack. And I want him to take uh, Jake. I want him to take Parcel with us too. Give me a manipulate roll. Okay. Or an intelligence roll to manipulate or willpower roll. Yeah, manipulate. Okay. Ooh. It is a seven. So that is a partial success. I'm gonna use my skill lucky. Uh, or my ability lucky to raise that from a partial success to a full success. Once per session, y'all. Once per session. I'm taking you to the woods, Nolan. I'm taking you to the motherfucking oh, woods. Welcome to the woods, motherfucker. <laughs> How do you like it? The seer is agitated. Oh, is he? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Parcel turns to Jake and goes, This is too great an honor. I cannot accept it. I cannot come with you. And the the seer comes forward and puts one of his, his frills on Parcel's shoulder and goes, No. No. I think this time we can make an exception. But only this once. The seer turns around and just leaves. No more words. He walks outside of the long hall and expects you all to follow. Mm-hmm. Crumb turns to Raquel and, and broadcasts psychically. Leave your mind open. I'm going to need your help. And I say okay. Crumb follows the seer outside. Parcel gives him a couple of feet, but also follows after him. Yeah, Hagen's walking with him. Tracker's still on his shoulder. Jake is going to consciously keep um, Parcel, like, at his right side. Just constantly at his right side. Um, that's just going to be his, his, his position with him. And so they follow along uh, just behind Crumb. And Jake sort of speaks in low confidence with, um, uh, with Parcel. Um, saying, um, it is a great honor that you are with us, and it is our wish that you remain with us, for you are the speaker of your people. You are the emissary. So please, uh, 
be on your best behavior. We want to secure you another invitation when this happens again. Parcel looks at you and what you assume is a tear comes out of his eye. Ugh. Ugh. It's not it's not clear. Let me put it that way. Ugh. It does come out of his eye. Hagen Hagen leans over to him. Cut that shit out, alright? You aren't supposed to be here. Alright? You you are going to blow this. You are going to blow this. No. He, he doesn't actually say that. I was going to say, I was kind of picturing this like a cool little, we're walking two by two, the secret seers in front, mm-hmm. and then we're kind of walking two by two because I'm sticking yeah. real close to Crumb. Yeah. Um, and, and then Hagen goes, Don't ruin this! Don't you fuck this up, man. Keep your, keep your shit together. You guys walk outside of the longhouse and everybody is in awe of, of everything they've seen. There's an oracle, there's a seer, there's people from outside their their known universe. They, they don't know anything outside of the ship that they live in. And this is the most... This is the best day anybody's ever had. This This is fulfilling the prophecy that they've been living under. As you step outside, from underneath the seer's robes, three small orbs come out and surround you guys and and move at lightning speed. And as they're moving, it creates this sensation around you. You look around and the setting that you're in begins to shift. And... All of a sudden, you're not in this scene of nature. You're not standing in front of this long haul. You are now in another bridge of another ship. The The orbs slow down and zip back under the seer's robes. The seer turns to Crumb. And Crumb is broadcasting this secretly to you, Raquel. So I need you to make a willpower roll for me. Don't roll low. Okay, but... <laughs> I have to take care of that this, first. This is... This is... Even if you're... Even if you're accepting Crumb, he's trying to connect you to this conversation he know he's having. Okay. Well... And it's, it, it's going to be hard for you to essentially stay on your feet. Okay, so with my willpower, it's a 12. Nice. Nice. Okay. You get into this new deck. This this ship, wherever you are, it it doesn't resemble what you've seen. It's it's highly sophisticated. And the seer projects into Crumb's head and says, Progenitor, why are you mixing with the lower forms? You're not supposed to be outside the containment field. You know this. If you leave, we can't fulfill our mission, and the darkness will find us. The point isn't to supplicate with the lower forms. The point is to have them obedient. You can't leave your place on this ship again. Crumb responds to him so that everybody can hear him. I'm not an oracle. I don't know what is going on. What galaxy are you guys even coming from? The seer 
backs up and and says what what do you mean you're not an oracle you're one of the ones that designed us you designed all of us you are one of them as he backs up he turns around and one of his orbs hits a button and as it hits the button several doors to this room open and as the doors open punch side iron and his pirates walk into the room and behind them alistair stands silent and the seer turns back around and says but i suppose if you're not one of the oracles then you are who these people are looking for and i think it's time we give them what they want